0: Delighted to be joined by Hugh Chambers from Motorsport UK. Hugh, 2022, coming out of the pandemic, motorsport across the board got the fans back in, the excitement was back. It was an incredible year, wasn't it?
1: Yes, I think everybody should be very proud. And it was really a, a product of all of the hard work of so many people, so many different uh, volunteers, competitors, team owners, circuit owners. Everybody really pulled together. And I don't, I don't think any of us really knew what was going to transpire as the year unfolded. But the really exciting thing is that circuit racing is absolutely booming. We actually had more circuit racing license holders in 2022 than we've had on record.
0: Goodness me, that that is quite something, isn't it? I mean, to say that that interest has come back. Also, then... Goes over towards the fans as well. And the fans have come back in their droves. And, and you know, the, the statistics I've seen shown that motorsport, from a fan's perspective, is getting increasingly popular.
1: I, I think there's a certain degree of the halo from Drive to Survive in Formula One. Mm. Uh, there's no question Formula One is the... Uh, the, the, the person in the street uh, relate to motorsport through Formula One. That, that's the shop window, if you like. And Formula One is in fantastic shape and uh, mentioned Drive to Survive there. It's now in its fourth season, and it's reached to new audiences Mm. that haven't previously had an interest in motorsport, and it's provided uh, a really a a backdrop or a backstory to the on-track action. And we can all learn from that, which Mm. is that it's not just the wheel-to-wheel racing on the track that people are interested in, but the personalities, And, and I think that's where... Uh, Alan Gow and the team at Toka do such a fantastic job, is is really showcasing and building up with ITV's coverage, Uh, the personalities involved in touring cars, and that's what makes it such a great success.
0: And we're here at the Bark Awards, as I said at the top of our chat, which celebrates the whole family of of motorsport, all those people who um, provide marshalling and scrutineers and all of that, and and the club racing um, sort of uh, drivers as well, the people who do it for fun. And that's important, isn't it? Because that's the grassroots of motorsport.
1: Well, you know, we've got 60,000 competition licence holders in the UK, a staggering number, and far more than any other country Mm -hmm. in the world. We have to remember that for all but maybe 50 drivers who earn a living driving a racing car, those 60,000 people are paying for it out of their own pocket, or maybe their company that they own, but for them, it's their hobby, it's their leisure activity. You know, we're really in the leisure business, we're not in the professional motorsports business as a domestic motorsport organisation and we need to recognise that we've got to give value for money for people Mm. who are spending their hard-earned money enjoying their leisure.
0: Mm. Motorsport UK is championing many things at the moment, including environmental, sustainability, diversity and equality, which might surprise uh, a lot of people. They think you're just down to the racing, but there's a whole raft of things around that which are important to what you and the team at Motorsport UK do.
1: Well, as a governing body, we, we are responsible for the health of the sport. You know, our mission statement is the long-term sustainability of motorsport. We want to make sure we've got a legacy that in 50 years' time, motorsport is thriving. And there are a lot of challenges that we face to achieve that seemingly simple goal, not least to which the changes in propulsion, road vehicles are moving towards electric propulsion. Uh, the threats of climate change are real and we need to respond to those things. And so we need to make sure that as an organization, we're not just thinking about the racing or the rallying or the hill climbing in the here and now, but how we plan for the future. And the reality is that our sport has not been particularly diverse. It's not been particularly uh, inclusive. And we also need to make sure that we have got a very clear strategy for how we approach the environmental challenges mm. that are facing automobiles in general, but then obviously as a subset of that, motorsport.
0: Mm. Are, are those the, the biggest challenges that you face, do you think, Hugh?
1: I think existentially they're the biggest challenges because they threaten the very existence of motorsport. If we don't get this right, we could become social pariahs. We could be viewed um, as irrelevant. You know, We could be viewed... Yeah, 99.9% of motorsport vehicles today, domestically, are powered by internal combustion engines, hydrocarbons. And if we can develop synthetic fuels, e-fuels, that become carbon neutral, then we can negate that criticism. And that's what we've got to work towards. We've got to make sure we've got the technology solutions that address the concerns of society. Yeah.
0: I guess it's about embracing the future and not being frightened of the future.
1: I think that's exactly right. It's a very good way of expressing it. And motorsport has, for 120 years, been at the forefront of technology. Uh, It's done a fantastic job in promoting those new technologies to audiences and getting them to be adopted. So I I think there's a real role for motorsport to play rather than burying its head in the sand and saying, you know, we're just going to, uh, survive and you know people will allow us to exist as a technology backwater, I think we need to be on the foot, front foot and, and, and actually be demonstrating technology solutions and getting uh, the governments behind us, getting the different uh, media behind us and getting the general public behind us. Mm.
0: We're about to go into a new motor racing season coming up, starting uh, very, very soon. Lots of different championships, Motorsport UK involved in so many different things looking ahead towards the end of the year what sort of a conversation will we be having in terms of what you
1: hope for um, for
0: this coming year Hugh?
1: I don't, I don't think we're going to see a dramatic change in any of these fronts in 2023 uh, I think it's incremental changes but I think working together we can start to lobby uh, the, uh, the decision makers about forms of propulsion because at the end of the day, it, it's right at the core of our sport. Mm. You know, we've all grown up loving the, the scream of V12s or V10s <laughs> and enjoying the, you know, the smell of Castrol R with uh, VSCC. You know, they're, they're things that are so dear to us. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think we've got to embrace the future. And I think through 2023, I think getting those dialogues going with, with stakeholders that are going to decide our future is, is going to be key. Uh, British Formula Four, fantastic really? yeah. first season for Motorsport UK running that championship, and and I have to say the prospects are mouth watering for season two, for the Generation Two cars.
0: Alex done a worthy champion this
1: year, wasn't he? A very worthy champion. In fact, this evening I believe I'm uh, I'm awarding him his trophy. Um, the, uh, the 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 site caveat to that is this will be the third time I've given him <laughs> that trophy. Well, third time lucky. Fantastic. Hugh, really good. We're we're getting good at it. We're getting good at it. (laughs) Good to see you. Thank you. Very good. Thank you.